This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host, the one and only Greg from Studio One Design. Hey, Big Al. How are you, buddy? Good, mate. I got that right. I didn't say Studio One Designs. I said Studio One Design. Yeah, yeah. But I love the way you kind of put that radio voice into it there. The one, the only. (laughs) We've got to ramp up the intro, mate. We've got to ramp up the intro. Hey, listen, before we get into our topic, mate, what have you been up to this week? Oh, it's been, well, we've got Halloween tonight, actually, but, uh, you know, today's a Tuesday, 31st of October, 2017. However, (laughs) this probably won't go out for a couple of weeks, but yeah, my daughter, it's her favorite thing, man. It's her favorite thing of the year, favorite event. So she dresses up and she has this massive Halloween party, invites all her friends over and decks out the whole house. And my wife, who's an amazing designer, just gets like involved and creates all these spider webs and and you know paints these tombstones and just goes over the top like we're talking a whole week of preparation for this event so it's a killer design event and obviously halloween is extremely profitable as an event and yeah there's a lot of design effort that goes into halloween so i really appreciate it and i appreciate the work that my wife does and my daughter had an absolute bowl she was up to about 3am with her friends so we had a sleepless night how about you al what have you been up to Oh, it's funny, eh? Until you mentioned that, I'd just forgotten that we've just spent sort of the last 12 months working on Halloween-based product concepts and designs. So it's been a a lot of fun. It's big business now, isn't it? Look, uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, in Australia, it certainly changed. I Mm. mean, we were never a big Halloween-celebrating country, but in recent years, retailers have done very well to add this to their repertoire of things to market and sell exactly but yeah definitely in the last few years i've noticed a a huge you know influx in in products in store and yeah there's some creative stuff out there and it's really fun because it's you know scary (laughs) which is cool for the kids oh yeah we just we just designed some face tattoos which are are cool so we've done an entire range of face paints but what what the client discovered was that the male audience didn't want to be doing makeup style face painting. So we did, you know, like a cyborg with the, the skin ripped off and the robotics showing underneath <laughs> and a skeleton. And it's so much fun. It really is. The design team have had an absolute blast with it. That's cool. And and look, for me over the last week, it's been interesting. You know, we've, we've had a few changes within Pixel Partners and we're looking at how our structure works and we've got new software and applications and all this stuff. And I've really had to get in and get my hands dirty over the last six months. So it's been more working in the business than working on the business. And over the last week, a lot of that work is starting to have a payoff. And I feel like I'm, I'm getting back to the higher level uh, work, you know, working on the marketing and revisiting our website and a few other things. So. Mm. I love that, man. From the point of view that, you know, you have a, had a, a major structural rechange or, you know, shift, I guess. But at the same time, the good thing about it is that you have been, you know, not so much on the tools, but right into the operations of the business. So I think you would have learned a hell of a lot from that and probably changed things because of the fact that you were right in there. You know, I, I worked for a company many, many years ago. And 
and it was privately owned up until the time where I left as we sold the business. Mm-hmm. And the the original owner was in his 90s and he still visited his retail stores on a monthly basis. Yeah. And the director who you know, was had been in the business for, for many, 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 many decades, uh, would still come down onto the showroom floor and sell to customers on a regular basis. You know, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with the leadership team getting their hands dirty on a regular basis. I think it's actually absolutely essential. And, you know, I, I do it a lot as well. And I, yeah, honestly, I think if I didn't, the business wouldn't go as smooth from a customer's perspective because that's what I'm mainly concerned about, how we are treating our customers and, and how the customers are responding. And, yeah, I think if you don't get in there, you, you know, you're missing a lot of the, the gold and of how things really work. Yeah, and it's it's easy for team members to become complacent and say, oh, the leadership team, they're all talk. You know, they come up with these great ideas, but we're the ones that have to, yeah. have to do it, you know. And if the leadership team on a regular basis comes down and shows their dedication to the process as much as the team should, then the proof is is in your actions. Yeah, really good point, man. Killer. All right, well, what are we talking about today that's related to design? Mate, today we have one that's been sort of on my mind for a few weeks, mainly because of one particular job that, that we worked on. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, when should you rebrand? And if you do rebrand, how to avoid three massive mistakes, mm, you know, that, nice. that, are, that I see all the time. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So when should you rebrand? We've got to sort of categorize this, right? There's there's different types of rebranding. There's a, there's a rebrand where you're maybe revamping a brand, right? So, I mean, we've talked about this in, in past episodes where we talk about just modernizing your look and feel, bringing it into this decade or this century if it's if it's a little bit outdated, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Then there's a rebrand where your identity is fundamentally changing. Yeah, right? sure. So common ones we might see are things like one business acquiring another business, right? Or a business taking a whole new direction, say diversifying or dropping one product offering and taking up a whole new product offering. Mm. So that's a complete change in in identity. Yep. And and I think the the last one is you know, when a business moves from startup to established, right? So th- this could fall under revamp or redesign, but it's where maybe the original branding was minimum viable product and it it suited its needs. It did what it, it needed to do, which was launch the business, get it out in front of the consumers. And at this point, a strategic decision needs to be made whether to remain with that identity or to, dr- to draw a line in the sand and say, well, moving forwards from this day onward, this is how we want to be represented because this is what our business has evolved into. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. Yeah. And what about just for the sake of you know keeping up with latest trends, for instance? Well, I think that's, that goes in with the, the sort of the modernizing aspect where it's less of a rebrand and maybe a revamp, you know, mm-hmm. a splash of a splash of paint and some new cushions in the house yeah, to, yeah. to to bring it up to speed. Yeah. Current look and feel standards and design trends. But I think that can be a dangerous one to go with too. It can be. I agree from the point of view, if you're doing it just to keep up with the trends, then you're always going to need to tra- change. Where if you take more of a classic approach, you know, a long-term approach, then, you, you know, you won't need to change that frequently. 
Yeah, and a, and a good example from my experience, I mean, I, I've done a lot of work for Samsung Australia, for a couple of divisions of Samsung, because their marketing teams are divided up into, into, into departments. But uh, one thing that Samsung was very good at was maintaining the core brand and then modernising the campaign elements over a one to two year period. Mm-hmm. So they would revamp those supporting elements but keep the core brand the same sure sure yeah yeah that makes sense man so all right well what are the you know mistakes that people should avoid well before we get into the mistakes how about we maybe just case study a couple of logo designs that you and i have dealt with and some that we've seen out there and just these are things you can you can google you can look up and have a look at the way these companies have have rebranded and changed Um, I've got a case study, but unfortunately right now I can't actually divulge what the brand is because they're still partway through this process, but I'm going to lead in with this, right? So it's a brand that is established. It's been around quite a long time, but the higher level brand was had a philosophy of we need to change regularly to have something new on retail shelves. So what they would do is they would revamp their packaging every, say, two to three years, and they would revamp their logo every second time they did that. So over you know a 10 or 20-year period, there was very little consistency in what was on the retail shelves. It achieved its purpose for a period where they were selling into retail and they could go into the buyers of retail and say, hey, look at this all new XYZ product. And they're, they're in the process now of, of redoing that, that logo again. The problem is we designed the last logo for them a number of years ago. And I actually believe that we did such a good job of it that it was actually really, really hard to top. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Despite my recommendations, the client got us and another design company to come up with a number of logo options. And during the entire process, I kept saying to them, well, why can't we just revamp the logo? It was actually one change to one word. That's all that was changing in the name. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, after all that work was done, after all the discussions and deliberations, they ended up going back to the original logo with just the change in the word and it looks fantastic oh, you know you so you know just be careful of why you're changing and that, and that that story is what sort of stimulated this this topic so i went looking at a, at a couple that have changed in the last couple of years so youtube is one of them yeah that's a good example actually yeah but i think they've done a beautiful job of it mm. i mean they went from the sort of the u and then the the tube in the red TV screen shaped bubble. Is that the right word? Greg? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And all they've done is they've moved the YouTube to the right and had it all in one color. And then they've taken the red bubble and put the iconic play button into the center of it. Yeah, which is really smart and really logical because that red play icon with the white triangle inside, you know, is essentially what they use as the control for every one of the videos that they, they have on their platform. Yeah, and that play button has become. I mean, if you if you probably wind back to the early days of YouTube, where online video was less common, you know that play button wasn't quite as iconic. Now mm-hmm. it's 
it's a known symbol. It's it's like the power button on computers, you know, the little round circle with the white dash. It's 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 got its place in society. So by by tying that into the logo, they've really honed the message that they are all about online video. Great example of a good redesign. We should also uh, mentioned some some you know terrible redesigns <laughs> well in my opinion anyway so we'll get to that after we go through a few more positive ones yeah there's there's actually one i'll, I'll come to it shortly but there's there's one uh, recently here in australia that i think is just absolutely nuts but so so yeah so that's an example i think of a revamp yep. right where okay the logo is somewhat different the core colors have stayed the same. The the main elements are there. They've just reconfigured the logo to to get their message to that really you know sharp point that that is almost I think almost perfect. You know, mm. the other one that I was I was looking at, which I, I found interesting, was the the Audi logo. They've taken away the beveled edge off their four rings and just gone with the four rings. Now. Mm. I don't know about this one. What, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that's a good thing to do? Personally, I think it's just doing it to be current with current trends, you know, that flat kind of design. So, I mean, yes, it's more symbolic, but I don't know. It's, it seems unnecessary to me. Look, you know, I have seen over the last 15 years moving away from that, you know... <laughs> photoshop style beveled look but when you think of car brands you really do think of the actual emblem that's on the car which is on the car yeah, yeah. which is often an extruded piece of metal metallic plastic or piece of metal and mm. I'm, I'm not sure i i think that the the non-beveled icon actually looks really really flat when you look at it standing alone by itself mm. It doesn't have that class to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, mind you, I, I guess we probably need to take a closer look at how they're implementing it to see if they're executing it well. But I don't know. Like I said, I think that's something that was a, a change for the sake of making a change, but not necessarily necessary. <laughs> Did I get yeah. a few necessaries in there? You got enough. <laughs> Absolutely. Enough. Well, I've got one for you, man. What about um, MasterCard? Have you seen the MasterCard new logo? I'll pop a link in chat for you right now <laughs> as we're talking. But essentially what they've done is tried to do the similar approach to Audi where they've just gone extremely clean and flat. Now, to me, I see this as a fail, their new logo versus the one that we all know and has been around for many, many years, which kind of has two overlapping circles with the word MasterCard within it. And I think there's really no reason to change that one. And I think that what they've changed it to is not as appealing. What are your thoughts? Uh, look, I agree with you. I also think that the, they've tried to go with a modern look and feel for, for the text MasterCard, and they've gone all lowercase, which... Mm. I don't know. I think I agree with you. I just don't think it works. Unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, sometimes, and hi out there to anybody working in the MasterCard marketing team <laughs> that might have worked on this project. but Because um, they'll all be listening to us. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, ne you never know. Um, I agree with Greg. I think it's a fail. I think it was unnecessary. I don't think you've achieved anything by mm. changing it. And you had such an iconic logo you know if i was going to revisit this 
you know, I would probably have been much, much more subtle. I see that, look, they, they've ticked one of the boxes, one of the mistakes that I think people make, which is going too far, too far away from the core colours. Mm-hmm. So they've kept the core colours, which yeah. is great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I just don't think it's an iconic logo. To me, like, the, the biggest issue is that this is a an icon for paying for things, right? So... To me, it's a massive trust icon that you shouldn't mess with from the point of view that people might not recognize it as well as they used to. So they might not trust it as much. It's like, oh, what's this MasterCard ripoff kind of thing? Yeah, and, and look, I look at what they've done, and if it's really easy to give feedback on something that's been done, right? So I'm not saying this is criticism. This is just my gut feel. What I would have done is I would have kept the interlacing stripes, maybe moved the MasterCard possibly from over the top of that logo to just below it. And I certainly, I mean, I would have considered a newer, more modern font without the little drop shadow on it, but I would have kept the capitalised M and capitalised C. Mm -hmm. I think there's something in the way that is actually written. Mm. It's got more authority and it's sort of... Yeah, it says what it is rather than it just trying to be a brand like MasterCard, a brand. But, you know, two words, MasterCard, like this is the MasterCard. It makes more sense to, to have the capital M and the capital C. Look, one, one of the interesting things is that I've noticed and, and I look up, maybe it's just my tunnel vision, but I am seeing a lot of brands going back to having a word mark with an icon. Yeah. You yeah. know, so... Converse rebranded, and instead of having the star in the O and their stylized text, they've gone for a more plain text with the star and the the right arrow as a separate element, mm-hmm. right? And eHarmony did a similar thing. That you know they they had a, a bold E with harmony, and they've made eHarmony one word, and they've introduced a little love heart icon. Yeah, that makes sense. I am seeing people going back to that icon. YouTube that we'd mentioned before, by separating that red box, they now have an, a standalone icon that can become iconic. So if you were to take that trend, what MasterCard should have done is maybe just separate their two circles from the word and stick with the, the interlacing. Mm-hmm. Have you got any... Oh, all right, well, what, what about an example... Of a, well, the, was MasterCard the example of the bad one that you were talking about? Yeah, that was definitely one of them. Yeah, I just think, you know, completely unnecessary, basically. So, I mean, there, there are some others, but, you know, I wanted to touch on uh, an iconic um, Australian logo brand change, I think it was about 20 years ago, which was um, Commonwealth Bank when they changed to ComBank and, you know, they did that. I think it cost them like $200,000 just to rebrand into that diamond-shaped yellow icon. And, yeah, I just wanted to get your your thoughts on that. I think we've touched on it previously. We have. Actually, I really love the ComBank branding. I, I think they did they, – they ticked a number of boxes for me. Firstly, you know, they have the use of the gold and black in that diamond, and they have executed on that diamond exceptionally well mm-hmm. i think they have they still maintain the integrity of a professional organization with their full logo which is commonwealth bank of australia and they do have a logo that is commonwealth bank but in all commonly used places consumer facing it's combank which is the colloquial shortening for for that for that organization and i think they tied it in really really well i mean what are your thoughts on on it 
Yeah, look, I, I think they've done that well for the reasons that you said, right? It just reminds me of another brand that's done it recently from McDonald's to Macca's, right? And to me, I don't think, just because we say Macca's, I don't think it should be their brand. I think it still needs to be McDonald's because when you see it on the sign where it says Macca's, it just doesn't feel right. But yeah, Commonwealth Bank is such a long name. It makes more sense to call it ComBank and that's what we all call it as consumers anyway. So I think it's a good thing. The thing is though, that their logo is actually still Commonwealth Bank. It is still the full yeah. logo. What they've done is they've made a variation of it for consumer yes. facing. And even for internet banking, you don't have to type in commonwealthbank.com.au. You're just typing in ComBank, right? So yeah. so I think that that's done very, very, very well. But what do you think of the McDonald's examples then? Example. Of the Maccas? Yeah. So, you know, they've actually put Maccas in their, in their sign instead of McDonald's, like the street sign, here and there. Not everywhere. Well, who's to say that that's... Uh, oh, sorry, I've got an autoplay video on an example that I, that I just... <laughs> Can you hear that? I can't stop it. Oh, that's annoying. Now, Jason, you can decide whether you want to leave that in. For all our listeners out there, I hate autoplay <laughs> videos, and That's I'm thinking terrible. of switching from Chrome back to Safari for this exact reason because Safari actually stops that from from happening now. I'm sure there's a you know plugin you can get for Chrome to stop it as well. Surely, probably. I just I don't know. Yeah, oh, I know that Safari is promoting it in their latest. Uh, Ah. Anyway, how embarrassing, go. listener. I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> Keeping it real. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Where were we? <laughs> oh, Maccas, Maccas. Well, hang on a minute. So why is that such a bad thing, Greg, right? I mean, Coca-Cola is the full name of Coke, yet they very successfully have Coke Zero, right? And their marketing is all about having a Coke, I, I get that, but it, it's just personal. I don't think it feels right when I see that Macca's sign instead of McDonald's. I get it. Coke, you know, Combank, you know, KFC, etc. I mean, look at KFC. That used to be Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? I think they had to change it to KFC for legal reasons because maybe it wasn't always proper chicken. But, um, <laughs> 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 but that's just a, a rumor. But, yeah, so I don't know. It just, it's a personal thing. It doesn't feel right. Actually, now that I, I said Coke Zero, right, I'm actually, I've just Googled it and, and the, the, the can actually says Coca-Cola Zero. It doesn't say Coke Zero. It's oh, Diet Coke that actually says Diet Coke, but then there are versions of Diet Coca-Cola as far as the branding goes. Mm, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, well, here's, here's one that I think is pretty tragic fail. And when I say tragic, I, I kind of mean sad in a way, but I also think that it's, a, it's potentially disastrous for, for this business. So Dairy Lee has bought out Kraft, which is a well-known Australian brand. And Kraft is a primarily cheese brand. Mm -hmm. Well, no, Kraft make a number of products. They do now, yeah. Yeah, so in supermarkets, they've taken away this iconic brand and rebranded it to be Dairy Lee, right? And in the early brewery brands, it was very difficult to find those craft 
items on the shelf. And I actually have noticed recently that they're now, you know, the same great craft taste and they've had to reintroduce the logo that they were trying to get rid of to try and keep consumers purchasing their products. <laughs> there you go. Yep. You know, so that's an example of a rebrand where one organization has bought another, but you really have to wonder just because you've bought out that organization, you're buying their brand value, right? So just because you've bought them out, does that mean you have to discard the brand? Mm, that's, yeah, it's a big question, isn't it? I guess it, to me, it comes down to, you know, if, if somebody's bought out another company, do they have the exact same? target customer do they need to rebrand for that reason or you know is it it just doesn't make sense to rebrand just for the the sake of it because they merged yeah that's right that, that's exactly my point you mm. know it's it's maybe you're trying to build your they're, they're trying to introduce their brand i think they're a uk brand that's bought in a, an australian company you know so maybe they want to introduce their brand into australia and they thought this would be a great way to do it but i, I think i think those that that's an epic fail yeah, I don't. To me, you would think like about the process of before you rebrand. Like, what would you go through the thought process? It would be one: survey your customers. That's what I would think, right? Find out what they, uh, what the brand means to them, you know, and and just try and get as many market insights as you possibly can before you think about rebrand. So hopefully they did that. But you know, you would you would think that these bigger companies would do all that market insight, market research. But yeah, you just really got to wonder sometimes, don't you, when you see the results that they come up with? Yeah, look, I mean, I've got a client that I've been working with for probably, oh, well, let's just say well over 10 years now. And they're a big multinational company and they have been bought out or acquired multiple times over the years. And I've, you know, I've seen, uh, and we've, we've done the rebranding work pretty much each and every time for them. And, you know, one great example is they were bought out by a mother brand, yet that brand made the strategic decision that that brand was so well known that they'd acquired that all they did was added to the bottom of, of all the material, you know, a Brambles company right? Because it was bought out by Brambles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. But they left the core brand intact from a consumer's point of view. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the last 12 months, they've been acquired again. And this time by um, a competitor who they bought strategically so that they would take over the brand. So the old brand is dead. It's gone. It no longer exists. So everything has been you know, thrown away and the new branding has been brought in. And I mean, in this case, I think that brand had a pretty solid brand presence as it was, you know, so, but I can't imagine, you know, if you, if you took two fast food businesses, so let's say McDonald's bought out KFC, right? They're not going to rebrand the KFC stores as McDonald's and continue selling chicken. Mm, no, you wouldn't think so. Even though McDonald's sells more chicken than KFC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so we've talked a lot about some some case studies and examples of brands, but you know, let's let's just revisit when should you rebrand, Greg? What do you reckon? What what a good when's the right time in a business to consider a rebrand, or if you're considering a rebrand, to stop it and say, hey, we really don't need it. Yeah, well, you've you've touched on them already, but I mean, to me, you know, it depends on the size of your business and, you know, really how much it's going to affect your target market if you do rebrand. Like, you know, I would say a small business like mine or yours, Al, probably wouldn't make a huge difference if we completely rebranded and changed color palette and just 
you know, went with something completely fresh and new. So to me, it depends how much reach you've got in the marketplace and how memorable all of your marketing efforts have been up until this point and how much you think it will affect the market and your brand if you do, you know, make a change or a radical change or even just a slight update. So step one to me is market research and and survey your, your customers and audience. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're right there. It does depend on the size of the organization, but don't underestimate the power of your brand and logo. Even if you feel you're small and you think it won't impact you, like I couldn't imagine you changing your iconic Studio One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, I, I don't plan to either, but um, yeah, I think, you know, we've had a few iterations up to this point. I mean, I've been, been in business for 17 odd years, you know, so you're bound to go through some some changes. But however, I would say over the past five years or so, we've, yeah, we've had this version of the logo and I think it's still current and yeah, we have no reason to change it right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So here are my three biggest mistakes or three massive mistakes that I see businesses making. Yeah. Right. So the first one is not having some cohesive tie-in from the original logo to the new logo. Mm -hmm. Right. I think some critical part of the logo needs to remain. Right. So the example with YouTube was that red box, right? We just mentioned studio one. You've had different iterations, but I'm pretty sure that studio one has stayed as as part of, I mean, I've seen a change in your color scheme just in the last what three four years with yeah, your website true. and things like that. Yep. And I think the main two things that should probably stay is some sort of icon shape or symbol. Now you can make a variation of that. So Combank did that very well. They had the diamond with the, the little slashes in it, and now it's a solid black corner. Mm-hmm. So keep something some part of the original logo and bring it across and it needs to be something that that is recognizable so don't change it too much or your color scheme in the transition now that doesn't mean you can't change the color scheme later on but i think in the initial rebrand number one mistake to avoid is not bringing something from the old logo to the new logo so so having something that's completely different Mm -hmm. yeah yeah right and what about letting your your you know your customers know about a rebrand like do you think you should let them know that it's coming or just let them know once it's happened look i actually don't think either way is a problem i think that if you are going to rebrand shout it from the treetops and tell your customers why you've done it you know like a lot of people rebrand and don't don't sort of explain why they've gone through that process. And it, it could be part of the evolution of your business. And you should tell your customers that, you know, we believe our business is about X, Y, Z, and and we're representing ourselves that way to remind you, our customers, that we're dedicated to you. You know, have mm-hmm. a story behind the rebrand. And and I think that's important in any rebrand, is, is and that's a whole different topic. But, you know, in the briefing process, knowing why you're doing the rebrand. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right. So massive mistake number two for me is just because you revamp or rebrand your logo does not mean you need to change every single asset in your repertoire, right? So just because you have a new logo doesn't mean you need a new website. Now, that doesn't mean you might not update the website, but make the transition smooth. You know, I experience this all the time. I'll go to a website and they've rebranded and I'm not sure if I'm in the right place. 
You know, there's yep. such a disconnect from where they, they were. I couldn't agree more. We're actually re- revamping our website right now, Al, as we speak. So it should be out, you know, any day by the time this podcast goes live. But it is exactly that. We're not re- completely starting from scratch. We're just doing like you said, which is just a bit of a, you know, a shift away from where we are. But, you know, probably 10% away from where we are currently. So what are the core things that are staying the same that when I arrive on your website will make me know that I'm interacting with the same brand? Yeah, so the logo is still there, right? And, you know, there's actually... so. <laughs> yeah, it's still the same logo. Um, so instead of, you know, navy, we've just shifted to a brighter kind of colour palette. USP's changed slightly. It's more social proof. That's what it's all about, just adding a lot more social proof on there. So really, it's, it's the same kind of structure. It's just a slightly updated look and feel. Yeah, so you've got the same basic structure. You've got the same basic branding. All you've done is a slight change in color palette and you're adding, you're changing the direction of your message more than changing the website for the sake of changing the website. Absolutely, yeah, you got it, yeah. So watch this space. Uh, where were we? How many, how many massive mistakes did I do? You've done two, yep. So what's the final one? So the third one is not having a reason for the change. And, and, and I mentioned that in, in the previous one, but often businesses go, oh, I'm bored of looking at my logo, which means my customers must be bored. I want something new. Mm-hmm. Or my logo is looking a bit dated. We, I want something new. Right. And I've had this conversation with clients that I've been working with for you know 15 years and they have come to me and particularly their new marketing manager or the new person driving that, you know, that, that initiative comes in and they want to put their stamp on something. So they want to rebrand, you mm. know, and in a couple of cases, I, I've, you know, I've pretty much put my foot down and said, you know, you have an iconic brand. Are you really, really sure? Here's our briefing document, but before you give you fill in the briefing document, come back to me with the top five reasons of why you want to rebrand, right? And it turns out what they needed was just a revamp, right? They just needed, you know, something to modernize it. So one yeah. cla- one classic example is, you know, I've got a brand who their original logo was red, and then it moved to blue and gold, and the blue and gold was tired. I mean, it's you know, probably nearly 20-year-old logo, uh, maybe not quite, maybe 15-year-old logo. And the blue and gold at the time was selected because the director liked those colours for no other no other reason, <laughs> but he wanted some sort of corporate feel with a splash of gold. Mm-hmm. And, this, and instead of a rebrand where we changed the logo, the logo stayed exactly the same. The only difference was that we moved it to a neutral tone. We moved it to a, a grey and then on all their packaging, it was turned into a silver foil stamp Classic. instead of a, a colour print, right? And, you know... There's no doubt that that rebrand, if you want to call it that, but it, it was a revamp in the logo and a rebrand as far as the direction of the look and feel without changing the logo, shape, structure, wording, nothing changed yeah. except for the colour. And I think that's that's a killer tip because, yeah, that is something, in my opinion, that you should keep the integrity of the original brand. And that's what you're talking about here. And that's what we've done with our website redesign as well. So, yeah, to me, I don't know, you you can't, you shouldn't, and I guess this is the mistake that you're saying, you shouldn't completely make it unrecognisable, right? Right. So in that example, which was my, my 
third massive mistake was you know have a having a reason and the reason was because the brand and the coloring of the brand no longer represented the quality of the products yeah sure sure right so it's it's Probably a well-known example is the old colourful Apple. Yep. Right? You know, the, the Apple computer's logo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that really did represent Apple computers really, really well at the time. I mean, they were innovative with graphics and colour screens and all this sort of stuff. But today, they're a, a more sexy uh, consumer product. So, hence, they've got just the grey uh, outline of, of the Apple. Yeah. Yeah. You got it, man. Cool. Well, I think we've covered a lot. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I am good. Um, you know, just really think about it before you go changing your logo. Um, I've seen way too many businesses change logos to things that are completely unrecognizable for no good reason. Maybe it's had an impact on their business. Maybe not. We've said this before. Go back and look at our, uh, listen to our change for the sake of change episode. Greg, it's been an awesome episode. Yeah, thank you, Al. Uh, th- thank you, listener, for hanging in there. And if you've got any questions or feedback, head over to therealmagic.com and we can continue the conversation there. Thanks, listener. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.